Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. In every family, there's one person who drives you a little crazy. I gotta pick Jill up at four in the morning. She comes once a year and she's leaving on Sunday. But during the holidays... Jack. No fighting this year. There's no escaping it when it's your sister. How we doing? Your twin sister. Are you going bald? Huh? No, 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 no. You're getting fatter and your hair doesn't realize it needs to cover more face. Okay. From the producers of Just Go With It and Grown Ups. Twin two are so alike. We are nothing alike, I promise you. <laughs> she isn't subtle. Jill, this is Otto. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. He's homeless, right? Are you whispering with a bullhorn or something? Everybody hears you. She isn't shy. I put a little list together of things I want to do before I leave. Studio tour, beach, horseback riding. Let's go! Oh, oh my God! Maybe I should stay out through Hanukkah. And she isn't leaving. Hello, everybody. Welcome along. We've to got a lovely surprise for you. To a Patreon episode. Uh, it was too challenging. First of all, Neil Breen, the lengths to which that man will go. To, <laughs> I understand because he works so hard to get these movies out there, but then when you try and watch them, he makes it virtually impossible. Yeah, almost completely impossible to watch the older ones. Um, I don't want to get into the logistics too no, much no, because course. it may uh, uh, it make a subject to <laughs> certain litigation under the well, US no, this- Digital Millennium Act or whatever the fuck it's called. If you pretty much, if you want to watch a Neil Breen movie, you've got to uh, you've got to give Neil Breen money on the internet, and he will mail you a DVD. But as I've been finding on these forums, a lot of people are just having trouble with that as well. It's like, please, man, we want to see the movie. So, guy and I had a window. <laughs> Neil Breen is you in your final form. Is <laughs> the man who insists on doing everything constantly bogged underneath the mountain of work he's created for himself. So we have a bit of short time together, Guy and I, and we've got to seize these opportunities when they arrive of us being in the same place at the same time. So we, we really do, and we have to enjoy them as best we can <laughs> and as best we know how. <laughs> what shall we do with this window we've we've slated for ourselves? I know. Let's dip back into the Sandler well. <laughs> What is the one movie that so many people came forward to us and said, if you were ever going to, you know, do a Worst Idea-esque season again? Um, Which we're not. There are are a few, there are a few, but in the top five from day one has always been Jack and Jill. The Adam Sandler (laughs) 
uh, movie where he plays both himself and his identical twin sister. Jack and Jill. And it is one of... It's a wild ride. <laughs> it was made in 2011, directed by Sandler associate Dennis Dugan. I'd also like everyone to know that after correctly forecasting several pieces of action in the film, Tim described himself as the Dennis Dugan of the South Pacific. <laughs> well, you can see everything that was about to happen from a reasonable distance. I mean, it's... Doesn't so, take a genius. This movie, as we said, was made in 2011. How different can the world be now in <laughs> 2018? <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. And Amiga seven years ago in 2011. Well, let's go through some of the cameos, shall we? We have Caitlyn Jenner appearing as Bruce Jenner in the film in a, in a short montage, which is just a, a kind of a... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Like an out-of-date reminder of what has been. We have an incredible... This is only a really a sidebar to the, the body of this, what this discussion will be, I'm sure. An incredible cameo from Norm MacDonald. Genuinely a ray of light in the yeah. middle of the film. So good to see him. He arrives playing himself, a disinterested uh, date for the Jill character. With impeccable timing. And I have to say, seven years, man, he's really aged. Yeah, he's very, he was very trim back then. He was looking very good in the film. Full of hair and stuff. He was looking a bit healthier. He uh, lent one of the funniest moments where he uh, runs away from the date. Uh, he goes on a date with Jill after... Most of the film centres around the fact that... So Jill is so repugnant that no one will go near her. No one will love her, but she wants love in her life. And, and Jack, her twin brother, is a very successful ad executive. Adam Sandler playing the same role he always plays. And then also, because... Any Adam Sandler movie, the only thing that's missing is nearly always twice the Adam Sandler plays his sister, Jill, who is essentially a vessel for Sandler to paint what he sees as all of the shortcomings of woman into one despicable character. (laughs) Uh, And Norm MacDonald does not enjoy the date. And in a rare moment of laughter, he goes to the bathroom and Jill insists that the date's still going. The waiter's going, oh, do you want me to pack up your cells? And he goes, no, nah, he's just still in the bathroom. And she goes to check. He's nowhere to be seen. And when that happened, I said to Tim, the most Norm MacDonald joke is if the, he was just uh, hanging from his belt in the bathroom. But instead of that, as a family movie. The camera pans up to see him like gripping to the lighting fixture on the roof, Spider-Man styles, while also barreling the camera. Yeah. It was very funny and and definitely like the closest you could get through the Jack and Jill prism to the thing you had predicted. Um, the, big, the big I, cameo. I've got a little bit more time oh, yes. capsule stuff. Sony, Sony Vio products are everywhere in this movie. A lot of screens, a lot of phones, a lot of laptops brought to you by the good people at Sony. And uh, the Los Angeles Lakers basketball team featuring Pau Gasol, Andrew Bynum, uh, Kobe Bryant... Um, truly a different era for the Lake Show. It's It's got to be said, man, Sony need to calm their balls when it comes to product placement. Every movie that they touch is is filthied by their hand. Within the first minute of this movie, they, Adam's, Adam Sandler very cleverly wrote his role as an ad executive, thereby creating a world in which he can insert as many brand names as he want under the guise of his character at work. It's actually super full on within the first 60 seconds of the film there's kind of a false start like a cold open to the film uh, I think while the credits may be coming up identical twins talking about being identical twins yeah shot documentary style and then we are thrust into the world of Jack and Jill Um, 
And what is it? It's like Pepto Bismol. He's on an uh, shoot for, for Pepto Bismol. Uh, no, that's the shoot. He's drinking a diet coke, and he's talking about pitching a big ad. A Dunkin' Donuts Within campaign. a minute, they say, we need... Tim Meadows approaches Adam Sandler and says, Dunkin' Donuts is going to drop us as a client unless we get Al Pacino in the Dunkin' Donuts head. And Adam Sandler rightfully says, we're never going to get Al Pacino. Uh, so that's three huge products in the first minute. What ensues is a beautiful journey for 91 minutes, proving us all wrong. Um, <laughs> but the single most striking feature of this film... And look, to their credit, they weren't to know, but noted pedophile Jared Fogel pops up in this movie back before anyone knew, and he's he's just there as a goofy subway mascot, and it is uh, truly harrowing to see it's his just, image. It's incredible to be watching this movie and thinking, this is one of the most bizarre experiments in filmmaking I've ever seen, and then out of the blue, it goes, boom, also Jared Fogel's here. <laughs> Remember me? It actually blows my mind that they haven't um, taken the time to edit him out. Because we watch this on Netflix, right? If I was Adam Sandler or part of his production company, I would comb through and get rid of yeah. Jared Fogle appearances and re-upload a different version of the movie from here on in. Well, you lose a lot if you lose the Fogle cameo. The I Fogel mean, he carried- cameo adds nothing. <laughs> You're insane. It's the most important scene in the film. Jill says, uh, what do you eat? Tw- 10 sandwiches a day? It's too many sandwiches. And he says, I'm allowed to eat anything I want. And she it's says, incredi- see, I knew you were cheating. Yeah, it's incredible stuff. If you lose that, I just feel like, you know, it ties the whole movie together. The central pillar rests on Jared Fogel's highly You're absolutely right. Shoulders. There's no reason for Jared Fogel to still be in there. And so many reasons for him to not be there now. It's insane. It was, it was quite shocking. Quite shocking seeing him. But such is the insanity and mayhem that is this film. It's so wild, you guys. And I know that this is the quintessential, uh, you know, it's almost a meme of a bad film. It's It's been so oft talked about and referenced. But um, really biggest belief how this one got across the finish Tim, line. would you like to tell me how much you think the budget for this film was? I'd love to. I estimate that this film in which we see... Al Pacino, extensive screen time. Not a cameo. He like co-stars in this. Katie Holmes is the love interest Wait for crying out loud. Fuck Adam Sandler is so funny. He's just like, uh, hey, Drew, all Bar- the, all Drew the things Barrymore, you you're my wife. <laughs> Selma Hayek, you're my wife. Katie Holmes, <laughs> you're my wife. Oh yeah, what's the role? Just what I think a woman is meant to be. You're, you you have six lines, yeah. but I'm going to splash you on screen quite a lot of my You arm. love me unconditionally <laughs> and humanize me because I'm such a fucking pig of a man. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, budget for Jack and Jill? Uh, $30 million. Double it. Oh, no way. And then add 65. $19 million. <laughs> 79 <laughs> Oh boy I wonder how much Of that Al Pacino got eh? What did it make Have you got that up Okay can I guess it, This movie made 200 million Less Less It made 150 million 149.7 million dollars Far out And it how is does... just uh, Honestly It is So Demonstrably 
like callous towards the cinema. Go at one point, there's a scene where they go to the movies inside of the movies, which I think is the most <laughs> insulting part of it because it's a reminder that Adam Sandler is aware that movies exist to be consumed by paying customers. And to see him in a cinema while we're watching this movie, I was like, "You dog, you low breed! How can you do this?" It's honestly, it is that is that is arrogance. That is brazen disrespect. Um, so. I think we should go through the sort of plot by plot. plot oh, I hate can. doing. I hate doing plot by plot. Well, then we don't have to do it. But what I do want to talk about is the scene give it, give at it to the me start. In a, give it to me in a minute. The whole movie, and then we'll do the scene at the start. Okay, have you got a timer up? Because I like an actual timer, and uh, you, you call out the thirties yeah, and fifteens. Keep my phone going. All right, this is important to me. Got to do this legit. It's because it, it's really difficult to discern with these movies what the difference between plot and just yeah. Okay, here we yeah. go. Actually, go. give me thirty. You want 30 seconds? Yeah. Your time starts now. Adam Sandler plays an ad executive based in potentially Los Angeles and uh, has a wonderful family home where he has two adopted children and a wife played by Katie Holmes. Uh, his life is torn asunder by a brief four-day visit from Jill, his twin sister, seconds. who he hates. She ends up staying, overstaying her welcome completely. He needs to secure a air campaign for Dunkin' Donuts with Al Pacino. Al Pacino chants, meets Five, Jill, and four, they fall in love. Three, and he two. almost loses his sister over it, but they learn the value of friendship and family. Fuck. Pretty close. Ash. Yeah. I could have done it in 60. Um, yeah, absolutely. But can we just, that scene at the start, because I thought we were going to be in there the entire 90-minute film, there's a dinner table scene up top. Uh, is that, where are we? Is that That's at Thanksgiving? No, it's before Thanksgiving. Oh, no, that, 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 is, that is Thanksgiving. Oh, no, it's not Passover. They have Hanukkah. After Thanksgiving. She went to visit for Thanksgiving, and then she stays for Hanukkah. We're in, so this is very early in the film when Jill first arrives. Uh, Jack goes and picks her up from the airport, and she's got a million bags. And that's the only reason we have that scene, just to do a, a, a brief visual gag about how many bags she's got, which is crazy. Also to see Sandler see Sandler. Yeah, that's true. And it's, it's, it's like just, it's a real when Harry meets yeah, Sally moment. The mouthwatering, the tantalizing prospect of this comedically gifted performer playing against the only man capable of keeping up himself, Sandler v. Sandler. Sandler in. is in such a league of his own, the Sandler League, that he, he literally, it, the only person they could cast to hold up this movie alongside him was himself. The, only, drag. the only person who would be willing to play the role as written. To degrade... No, you're wrong. Al Pacino parties in this but, film. He's there. No, like, he plays the role. How, can I ask you, how do you think the, the, the concept of this movie was born? Let was, me, hold on, let me talk about this first... table scene first. Okay. Let's just get it out of the way because okay, okay. I've got to get this off my chest. Yeah. It goes on so long and everything <laughs> is so drawn out and unfunny and it's just insane. It's just a table with Adam Sandler and Adam Sandler and Katie Holmes and the two kids and I think that's it, right? Yeah. And it's just so deeply un-anything. And you're there for so you long. You feel like you are trapped in purgatory. He's trying to draw upon the comedic trope of the awkwardness around a family member who you haven't seen in a while and how you always get kind of you grate each other when you're reintroduced to family members from, you know, when you've got your own adult life established. But there's no laughs in it. So you just really get that not in your stomach feeling of being in that scenario and in some ways i guess from a meta point of view like full credit to the boy adam sandler he has captured the feeling of feeling like you're captive somewhere because that's yeah, how you yeah. feel in the movie well that's what we were talking about when that scene was unfolding was it's so 
it's just you know everyone in the film is so unpleasant to be around and here you are literally having to sit through a meal with them and the way that Jill is drawn especially early is so awful that when she's uh, upset at the dinner table and decides to leave she's like I'm going and she gets up and leaves and then the next scene, you follow where she's going. You're, I was the like, guy said, "Can we not follow Jill, please?" Yeah, yeah, I was like, when she said, "I'm leaving the table," I was physically relieved that I no longer had to be at dinner with this person. And then to have to follow her into the woods, I was like, "No, this is only ten or fifteen minutes in." This- it's so interesting. With a normal film, you don't ever get a sense of like, "Okay, now I'm going to follow you. Now I'm going to follow you." But with this thing, you're like, "Okay, no, can we? Put, yeah. Can we like? Can we?" go to next door's Any, anyone anywhere else let's go down the street so but, sorry to answer the question that oh, you so were posing the, the, so it's what what was the germ of the idea what got everyone in the room excited and they said yes this, we're onto something i mean this was definitely what year did you say this 2011 came? right so the economy's starting to pick back up a little bit and the uh the big companies big blue chip clients are starting to pour a little bit more money into advertising again and they they needed a vehicle and that vehicle is as always, Adam Sandler's production company, Happy Madison. And it's 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 like there's something about Adam Sandler and his disdain for anything you hold sacred in entertainment. If there's a person who you really relish, uh, uh, whose comedic career is tremendous, or even someone whose dramatic acting career, like Al Pacino, is tremendous, he will put the in the wood chipper and all of your feelings so that you attach to them. you think the, the, no, the idea of this film was born from the idea of cynicism? It was Adam Sandler being like, who can we drag down with us? I think it was there were some advertising dollars floating around and the movie came second. Even like the format of oh. it being a film came second. This was an ad. So in the writer's room, when they're talking about how they're going to get this thing going, they're going to get it moving forward. Beyond the ad, beyond the finances behind it, I just want... But you have to go pre-writer's room because that's where where normal movies are born. It's not where this hellish nightmare hybrid uh, bit of blended content came from. I want you to put me inside the creative process of this movie. There was an advertising company (laughs) that initiated this film. This didn't come from a script writer. This came from an ad company. It was written by Adam Sandler. It wasn't. It was written (laughs) by an ad company who attached Adam Sandler to the project. Do you understand what I'm saying, guy? This is a campaign. This is a spot. If Super Bowl was long enough, they would have run Jack and Jill as the halftime entertainment show in the ad break. It does. To- it is top and tailed as a Dunkin' Donuts commercial. <laughs> it's a fucking Dunkin' Donuts commercial. What's his name? Dunkachino. <laughs> it's so messed up. And Katie Holmes is in there. She's done good work. She didn't deserve this. You got to feel bad for Katie Holmes. You got she to. is barely acting in this movie. She is just lo- like the sm- the first scene she gets is her in bed with you guessed it Adam Sandler. I, I legend. I've got a. Uh, this is going to sound super dark because it is super dark, but I kind of believe this is true. I reckon she was lining her pockets to get ready to get get the kid and jump out at Scientology Church. I think that's what this is. Because a mother needs to do what a mother needs to do. A parent has got a parent. I'm gonna so say, I, I'm going to check the timeline on this to see if it all checks out. You give the you give Katie Holmes the benefit of the doubt. She was absolutely doing the right thing there. But I think with Al Pacino, like there was no need for him to take his illustrious film career and flush it down the toilet. What is it with these 
it's like um what's his name who's in all the ben stiller films uh owen wilson no no no. meet the fuckers and stuff the old um dramatic actor of al pacino elk who am i who am i thinking of you know july 9 2012 katie holmes files for divorce it all checks out yeah this is what's happened man I uh, what were you asking Ben Stiller films yeah, yeah you know the older dramatic actor very good but he's in all the Ben Stiller comedies what's his name of sort of an Al Pacino vintage what's his name I don't know meet the Fockers the dad oh, Robert De Niro yeah De Niro yeah yeah it's the same career trajectory you know but the, the first one of those was actually um, really good yeah, I have heard that. I can't. And remember then it was it, it was diminishing it. returns from there. Years and years and years ago. I can't. I mean, your theories, everything checks out. This is, you got so many moving parts behind the scenes of this movie. Al Pacino is the only question mark as to motive. Katie Holmes has got a pretty messy divorce to deal with from Tom Cruise, and she needs to line her pockets because that church are litigious, and so she needed to get get that lawyer money. How wild was it when Tom Cruise went on Oprah? Yeah. And stood on the couch and yeah. said, I'm in love. Yeah. That is a breakdown. Oh, we were witnessing a man <laughs> beyond the edge, eh? It's funny. That's the, that's the thing about a, a mental breakdown. You often hear about talking people people talking about where their, their limits are, and you don't know till you've crossed them. And then you look back and you go, there it was. It is madness. Oh, fuck. Honestly. We've got to stop commoditizing and monetizing people breaking down in public, eh? I'm not down with it. It's madness. Yeah, it's not right. It's it's immoral for sure. Um, so Shaquille yeah. O'Neal, Shaq's in there. You better he believe got, he's in this movie. He, he got the best role and the best line. He got a genuine laugh from old Timbo. He he's on a TV screen in Adam Sandler's office. They're looking at footage for upcoming campaign, and he's got some goofy wig on. <laughs> He's selling hams, and he says, with love in his heart and his eyes, this is a once-in-a-generation ham. <laughs> that really that got holds me. up. That is a funny... That is any, any time, any place, that is a funny it's, thing it's to say. once-in-a-generation ham. <laughs> that tickled me. Oh, that got me good. And then the other thing that actually I got a real genuine laugh out of, let's, let's chuck that shining light stamp on top of this one is an answer phone message of uh, Jill where it says, you have reached the answer phone of, what is this? How does this beep? <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was well done. You did like that. That well one didn't timed. travel quite as well as the one in general. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. That was pretty funny. There's just, at one point in this movie, also, if you, want, if you want a vague idea on how funny Adam Sandler finds the idea of him dressing up as a woman, in this movie, wherein he spends half of the movie dressed up as a woman, he creates a narrative device which allows him, Adam Sandler, playing Jack, to dress in drag and be, become a woman twice within the same movie where he is already performing for the entirety of the, of, of the film as a woman he becomes a woman and then in a very classy touch at the end of the film he also casts David Spade as a woman to create a scene where him David Spade and Katie Holmes can all fight one another as women it's fucking crazy it's total lunacy man and i'm glad it happened i'm really really glad it happened and i'm actually glad i watched it as well can you imagine going back to this week after week i mean that would destroy a person a lot of people wanted us to guy this was a uh, oft recommended film for the format and i'm so grateful that we don't have to return to this there, there are some bits that kind of skip through and like any Adam Sandler production, there's a lot of splashy colour and locations after a while, but the, the uh, first bit of this film is so heavy going. All the, Yeah, I mean, th- these movies, it's, it's grown up too esque in that they do wear their budget a little bit. Everything, look, I mean, the colours are so rich. All the it's set dressing, everything is so... Everything's um, paid for. We're on a cruise ship, so you get like a 45-second ad for this cruise, and they introduce the, the company of the cruise ships... And there's just all of the stock footage of people having fun in wave pools and carousels. It's it's messy. So that we can introduce a new location that Adam Sandler doesn't have to pay for to be in the film. It's fucking genius. I don't know where they got that castle from, where Al Pacino lives in Europe. That was pretty dope looking. And that was the bit actually where um, it just made me sad to think there are so many industry professionals who are trying so hard and actually doing a really good job with things like location scouting and set dressing. I, I, I reckon they care. You know, if you're in Hollywood, all you want is a ticket to the Sandler gravy train. Nah. Because that guy is making nah. movies. He shits out movies. It's a, but you can get paid and have pride in your Although work. One for us and one for them. No one wants to be in a film that they're embarrassed by, even if you are getting not paid in for it. it. You can they're, say their workers in it. They're work, you can, they're right you can say I set dressed grown ups too, and yeah. I'm not like that's a terrible movie. I say it looked fantastic. Well done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But not everyone paid as close attention <laughs> to the individual <laughs> elements of grown ups too as we did. Most people paint it with the same broad brush of the rest of the component parts of grown ups too. You know, because ignorance. The thing is, for me, is you know, that's true. Not a lot of people saw it, or not a lot of, I don't know. Some people saw it. It made money. My point is, there are people who tried really hard, obviously, and did a good job in their little neck of the woods, and the actors are so disrespectful, half of them, when they come in here, 
Next Swardson is phoning the shit in. Well, why wouldn't you? Adam Sandler hates Nick Swardson with the fire of a thousand suns. The only person he hates from Nick Swardson, who he writes put-downs for everyone to throw at this fucking character in the movie. At the end of it, when uh, Jill, lonely Jill, who was an outcast in high school, returns to the Bronx to have New Year's by herself again, she goes to the same place she always goes to for New Year's. For company, a picture of her late mother... And David Spade, dressed in drag, and uh, all of the other Sandler cronies are sitting around. And they say, how are you? Why are you alone? Because I was actually in Hollywood. I was dating a movie star. And the gag that they write, which is the greatest put down they can muster for who this character might have been dating, is who was it? Rob Schneider, which is so alpha dog. Because Schneider still is in Sandler movies. He's not in this one, though. It's just a huge fucking kick in the guts. Adam Sandler puts Rob Schneider in one in every three Happy Madison productions just to string him along. You've watched some of Real Rob, eh? Yeah, I I tried to watch um, the first episode. That's his self-funded Netflix show. It's fucking insane. (laughs) It's unwatchable. It's unwatchable on so many levels. Because the the thing I noticed immediately is the saturation of the colours. We should do a podcast. On real Rob, I'm down. We should just do an episode a week. Yeah, fuck, I'm down on that. That's good. Yeah, yeah we'll do that for sure. There's like another season of it now. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, okay, great, great, great. Well, there you go, everyone. You've witnessed the birth of a new, a yeah. new potty there. Um, the color saturation in that show is off the goddamn charts. <laughs> I remember watching the trailer <laughs> for it. <laughs> Everyone's eyes. It's like what Matt Groening wanted when he started The Simpsons. I was adjusting the like color saturation on my computer. <laughs> it looks like it's in a nuclear like waste site. Everyone's glowing. It's it's so crazy. Um, oh, and man. the writing is is unforgiving. But we're not here to talk about real Rob yet. We're here to. Um, continue this deep dive into jack and jill jack and jill um because i sort of forgot when we first chucked this on and thought it'd be a good good idea to spend the time doing this one do you want a beer tim yeah i'd love one this movie it it really when it came out became a meme like this was a real cultural flashpoint and every kind of hacky comedian or cultural commentator just got a free hit. Well, it was this was by bringing up this movie. Was this before or after Funny People? Because that's another good question. Funny oh, People before I think. really scrambles the timeline because I genuinely thought that was Adam Sandler atoning. Oh no, maybe this came after, and everyone Which was is like, like, "It's like such a flip off to everyone." Yeah, because everyone was like, "Oh wow, yeah, Funny People, two thousand and nine, wow." So that's like everyone going, "Oh, Sandler gets it, he gets it," and he's then he's it. like, "Not only do I get it, I'm still doing it, bitches, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do it worse than I've ever done it before." It's maximum Adam Sandler. Uh, who do you? Uh, were there any? I mean, I know that you thought Pacino was doing a good job. I think that's just because no, he was really yeah. I thought he went, I'll tell you what he Do had. Do you think he can't act badly? Uh, yeah, I think that's probably true. I think he had, the key word is commitment, because no one else did. I think Adam Sandler as Jill was um, reasonably committed, but everyone else was phoning it in, except Al Pacino and Shaq, but Shaq was only in there for a few seconds. Yeah, These I mean, cans are fucking nuts. They are really crazy. Can you explain them? Yeah, it's a... They're actually really delicious beers. It's a, it's called Colonial Brewing Co. I think they're based out of, oh, they're based out of Melbourne, Port Melbourne. Um, and the cans are like they've got uh, rip tops, so you take the top off. But instead of just opening a small area through which the liquid comes, 
you rip off the entire top of the can so that it essentially becomes a, a, like a receptacle in like which you glass. can drink anything. Like, like a, a tin. A tin glass. I mean, practically it makes no sense, but I find it in some way quite satisfying. Yeah, it's awesome. The ripping off bit looks fun to do. Yeah. It's, well, it's actually quite stressful because the fuck, the things that they keep the bears in here are so hard to get the bears out of. They're yeah. shaken up normal, by the time you try and open them. So <laughs> normal six-packs, you know, when you get them in America, come in those um, plastic rings which fuck up all the fish. And I think that's why they've made a bold decision in Australia to use this quite industrial plastic where there's no way they can kind of swim into them because it's all, it's all thick. There's a full, like, lid on top of the You know what I say, Tim? Only the stupid fish get caught. Yeah, good on you. It's a bit of Darwinian. We're just lending a hand to the ocean. Yeah. Helping Poseidon's cause, which is the one true race of superior <laughs> fish. Yeah, you, you don't want to talk to Poseidon too long about his ideas on the rules of the ocean. Absolutely <laughs> it's a not. pretty stressful dude. Big time. So, fuck, I don't know, man. 90 minutes. I, when we were in that dinner scene at the start, um, it... I was I just I couldn't help but think something needs to be 90 minutes to qualify as a normal movie which is what Adam Sandler wants to make he wants to build everything as a normal movie that you go and see you take the kids you take the wife um and there wasn't enough film Do you know what a great name for an advertising firm would be what Trojan Horse Yes <laughs> Fuck that's real good yeah how crazy is it? I, I think this is this is bound to be some stand-up comedian's joke, but that a condom company called itself Trojan. <laughs> Fuck, that's dumb. It's so good. It's the one thing your head goes to when you think Trojan. You think escaping, ingress. I think horse. <laughs> Maybe that's why they did it. Because <laughs> everyone deep down has a desire to be fucked or fuck like a, ho- a, a horse. A squine. Um yeah. Hey, if Adam Sandler was an animal, what animal do you think he'd be? Probably a bird. I yeah, yeah, you could be right. For some reason, I'm gravitating towards what are they called? A kookaburra? Co- kookaburra? Nah, it's, sorry, it's not a bird. It's a big. Hairy. It's like a mole kind of, but really big oh, and slow uh, moving. The largest Fat. like guinea pig or rodent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That the, thing. Uh, capy, capybara. Capybara. Yeah, like that. For some yeah, reason, yeah, I'm associating with Adam Sandler. But yeah, with this crazy voice thing, you're right. That's definitely a. Bird. I mean, Joseph Moore of Walkout Boys fame used to do a very funny bit in Fan Fiction, which is an Ed, a show that go to the Edinburgh Festival, uh, where he would do. Hogwarts, it was at Hogwarts, and he cast Adam Sandler as uh, Hedgewig the Owl. And his Hedgewig the Owl would go, Hold it, hold! That's good. What's Adam Sandler doing right now? Have we got. Fuck, what's man. The, what's the Whipping latest? the scab off a cold one. Would you mind just checking? Well, he made a play for To Be Loved Again. He did the Mailwitz stories, and everyone really enjoyed them. That was a Netflix film that was very well received. That's true. Yeah, apparently he was really excellent in that. His acting skills were on display. He did, that, he did one with Chris Rock recently on Netflix, which is called The the Week Before or something, where conceivably... Is that a buddy cop thing? No, buddy, it's like their children are getting married and they're meeting each other as the fathers of the respective partners. Oh, true. The trailer for that actually made me laugh a little bit. Uh, so, presently, Adam Sandler is working on Hotel Transylvania 3. Very good. Summer Vacation. Uh, hey, is one of our boys in Hotel Transylvania? Uh, 
I'm not Jermaine sure. Jermaine Clement? Is I'll, he I'll voicing check, Dracula? I'll check for Hotel Transylvania 3. Also, in 2007, Sandler made a one million donation uh, to the boys and girls. Oh, no, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for this. Hold on. Well, he's finished. You know, credit oh, where it's due. One million donation to the Boys and Girls Club in his hometown, Manchester, New Hampshire. Very generous. Good on you. The same year, <laughs> he donated $2,100 to former New York City Republican Mayor Rudy Giuliani's presidential campaign. Well, Adam Sandler giveth and Adam Sandler taketh away. A donation. I'm pretty sure Giuliani's Jewish, isn't he? Which has not aged well. Uh, no New Zealanders in Hotel Transylvania three, but hey, what a- I, I don't look. I don't. I normally I won't entertain my lust of talking about American politics on this podcast. But you got to say, so. how much did Rudy Giuliani fuck up his reputation, which was so pristine, of looking after New York City through its darkest hey. hour and pissed it directly into the wind. He was, it was phenomenal. Like, he was beloved. Speaking, a, not apolitically, but speaking outside of the realm of consequence for action, what he did was incredible. It was honestly like he had had just like an eight ball of cocaine every moment he was off camera and was just running around saying whatever came into his head. The guy was in a full-blown hysteria for however long he was on a media tour. It was Fucking incredible. It's a real thing to behold. And after such a respected position in public life, it just blows my mind. It was so how things change. But you know, I mean, this film reminds us that things change, guy. One moment, you're the affable mascot for a sandwich company, and the next, you are behind bars in federal prison for the rest of your days. Yeah. I reckon, I would say, yeah. There was a time when concurrently Jared Fogel was the face of a sandwich company and also... A baddie, definitely, a, a but he bad, wasn't bad in prison. Man. No, he wasn't. Should have just fucked the sandwiches. Yeah, <laughs> we keep telling him. God damn it. Put your dick in an Italian herbs and cheese and just sort it out, Jared. Too dicey. <laughs> Pull out. Oh, it's all bad. It's all yeah, gone wrong. Yeah. What were you looking up just then? What he was, what Adam Sandler was up to next. Yeah. So Hotel Transylvania's that was all come I down could on get. that. Righto. And so um, that thing that he was commended on recently on Netflix, was that a series or a movie? It was a movie, The Mayowitz Story, starring him and Ben Stiller, I believe, as well. Was it like a Jewish family coming back together after some time apart or something? Do you want Reconnecting? I would love the blurb. And did he write it at all or was he just acting? It was Noah Baumbach uh, who wrote and directed it. And he is, of course, known for... Uh, yeah, of course. What did he do? He wrote, he co wrote the fan, he works with Wes Anderson. He co wrote The Life Aquatic. He co wrote uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. He's, actually, I don't recognize any of the things he's directed, but I'm also an ingrate. Um, but The Mayowitz Stories is an American comedy drama film, follows a group of dysfunctional adult siblings trying to live in the shadow of their dysfunctional father. So, pretty dysfunction. much. Dysfunction. Yeah. People love that stuff. What, uh, would, what would what would be the film that you would want to see Adam Sandler do next? Man, Jack and Jill two. <laughs> yeah, what? do you want to lay down the plot line of that film? <laughs> Why not? Uh, two siblings who have reunited are driven apart because uh, Jill has started dating Nick Swartzen's character. The so, atheist. Yeah. They make fun of him in the film for being an atheist. Yeah, it's good. Look, 
Any, I don't know, anything that he Flesh has... Flesh this out, guys. Stay in it. No, Jack the, and Jill too. Nick Swardson's there. His name is Todd, I believe, in the world of Jack and Jill. I just want to tell you the real Adam Sandler movie I want to see is anything he has no involvement in the creative process. <laughs> like, over. Like, oh, any, like he's acting and anytime stuff. Anytime he's just... Someone's using him for his ability to act. Yeah. Now, so did he... He co-wrote Funny People. Is that right? No, it's all Judd. Judd Apatow. Mm-hmm. And someone else. Didn't someone else co-write that with him? It wasn't Evan Goldberg, was it? Oh, look, mate. Of, um, you know, Seth, what's his name, fame? Seth Rogen fame. Mm. Uh, written by Judd Apatow. Okay. Do you know, I don't remember barely anything about funny people except walking out of the cinema and being like, that was two movies glued together. Yeah, there's like a natural point where the movie should end and it doesn't. There's like another forty minutes. That was my main memory as well. Was it was totally too, it completely was too long. So weird, and it changes completely. But I don't remember a goddamn thing about it. Adam Sandler is essentially playing himself. Eric Banner, in a hilarious turn as an Australian who is with uh, Magneto. Yeah, awesome. He's remember the Aussie Rules scene. No, not at all. Where he's explaining the Aussie, he's explaining Aussie rules to Adam Sandler's character. He's going, "This fucker here is going to chase this fucker here." It's real funny. Good. And then he goes, uh, "There's a very funny moment. Oh my god, this cracks me up." Adam Sandler and Eric uh, Banner are having a conversation about their shared love for Leslie Mann, whose character's name I can't remember. And uh, he's going, Adam Sandler's like in a moment of sort of being contrite and like sort of reflecting upon his relationship with this guy. You know, you're lucky she's a. Uh, She's a you know she's a great woman. She's a beautiful woman, and then Eric Banner's been trying to remember the name of an actor, and he goes, "Oh, Cameron Diaz, Cameron Diaz." And he goes, "Yeah, well, you're like you know she's a beautiful lady. She, you're very lucky to have her." And he goes, "Yes, but Cameron Diaz, fuck." <laughs> it's one of the greatest bits of comedic delivery. <laughs> Holy shit! Um, just because I have a real desire to talk to you about something I enjoyed and you've brought up Leslie Mann I saw Blockers the other night oh man I want to go to that it's real good dude um, yeah it's been getting mixed reviews though some people are not into it but I, I fucking had such a rollicking good when they, time when in studio comedies are done right there's yeah. nothing I enjoy more you just Absolutely. walk into a cinema you completely unplug and totally. you're like you fucking feed me comedy that I just can <laughs> process without thinking <laughs> that is such a great boil down of a good like well pulled off studio comedy which is really what this thing feels like and it's good it's timely it's you know it's it's about an exploration of teenage women's sexuality but it's just it's fucking everyone's got the goods in that movie John Cena is a delight he's on his way to rock level status he truly is now have they been in anything together because that should happen no but I did just see The Rock uh, confirm that him and Vin Diesel didn't shoot any scenes together on The Fate of the Furious they've got beef eh huge beef huge beef it's so yeah that's an interesting one do you want to hear an old Vin Diesel joke I have go on do you reckon that Vin Diesel's erect penis also looks like Vin Diesel I think that's probably true. Um, the blockers is good. It's about family, bro. You should, oh, was that Vin Diesel or Vin Diesel's penis talking? Vin Diesel's penis. Very good. Um, there's a woman in it who plays... Uh, 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 crap, whose daughter is she? Someone's. Anyway, there's someone Nothing on there. Nothing better than listening to people remember names. There's someone on there. There's, it's, it's one of the... So there's three lead women, right? Who are all the teenagers who are off to lose their virginity at prom night. And one of them's the main kind of, you know, I didn't lose white my girl. virginity on prom night. Good on you. We don't really have proms in New Zealand. No. No. The main one's... First bo- year university in the hostels. 
was terrible. Do you want to get some stuff off your chest? It really, sounds I'm alright. Like I think I've said enough. <laughs> I think you have too. Uh, there's a boring one who's like the lead one, who's sort of you know we're supposed to follow her journey. She's kind of the cheerleader type without explicitly being so. Then there's one who I won't reveal anything because it's kind of you follow her journey along a bit. It's a bit of a twisty turny road. And then the other one is like the most magnetic on screen. I haven't seen her in anything else. We should look up her name if possible. She is so funny and such a delight. She's fucking awesome. In fact, I think she is John Cena's daughter in this. She's really great. Is John Cena the the lead one of the lead parents? Yeah, he's one of the parents. Uh, will you remember her name if I say it? Uh, no, absolutely not. Okay. She looks to be ethnically perhaps Indian, but she's American. I would say she's got. She's, she's American. an American. Oh my God, she's Australian. Is she? Geraldine Viswanathan. Yeah, I think. Do you have a picture? She's an Aussie. Yeah, she's um. Yes, her. Not just Australian, but also like generationally of the same group of people as uh, us in terms and of she's age. Our age. And, she, and she came up with like people. People, people we who, know potentially yeah, yeah. Fuck, and then she wild. became a big success she is so charismatic in this movie it is insane she's so good it's brilliant yeah hey go Geraldine is that her name Geraldine yeah yeah so good go you good thing um look Tim we got a day to seize <laughs> we've drifted we've drifted hard hey everyone um Jack and Jill man I actually reckon you should watch it I think you should see what it's all about if I was you can I say this? I would blaze the fuck up. We yeah. did it. We didn't, and it was a big mistake. Get your bong ready yeah. and get your Netflix account open and be ready for a Jared Fogel appearance because yeah. it will fuck you up a little bit. Yeah, just be aware he's in there. It's a shame that you know now because it is one of the most breathtaking surprises in the history of cinema, right up there with the end of the Sixth Sense, when it turns out that Bruce Willis's Don't character actually wasn't a therapist at all. He was a janitor. Bye, everyone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.